What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Eye Test, where we simplify your process as a fantasy football manager. I am here with Bobby Amendola. Today, we are going over wide receiver tiers for your fantasy leagues. We're going to be focusing more on redraft fantasy leagues because we're just getting closer and closer. Bob, we are like eight episodes away until it is just like draft season. I know. I can't wait. It feels like it's been forever since the football season ended, but it comes back around so quick. Like you said, by the time, yeah, eight more episodes, two months pretty much. And then, you know, the season's not officially started, but once mock draft season's in, the season basically starts. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, we got a lot coming up for you guys. So make sure you guys are subscribing to our YouTube channel. We've got Fantasy 101. Coming up, we've got more positional tiers, a bunch of mock drafts coming up that we're going to do. And you can also make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok to catch some of our short clips where we're putting up like daily content, things that's happening around the league, current events, things of that nature. But we're excited. We're almost at 100 subscribers. So please, again, like this video, subscribe to our channel, follow along. We're also on Facebook. Apple and Spotify for podcast two. We're growing, we're growing strong, and we're getting you prepared for fantasy season. Bob, are you ready to kick off the 2023 wide receiver tiers? I am absolutely ready to kick it off. And I would love to start because this guy is going to be my keeper in our redraft league. Take it away. And so not really much to say here, but Justin Jefferson is basically the unequivocal wide receiver one in all of redraft. Some say he is the overall number one player in redraft going into the season. He may be the number one overall pick. So I feel very fortunate that at my eighth spot in the first round, I'm going to be able to keep him there. You know, not much else to say other than he is just consistently a stud. You know, it doesn't seem like 30 point games are that much of an issue for him in fantasy. So I'm just going to leave it there. We all know who he is and we all know what he's going to do. Yeah. And then I would say the same for Jamar chase, who we also have in the S here S tier. We've got three receivers in the S tier. So we'll see who that third person is next. We'll focus on Jamar chase for now, similar to Justin Jefferson. The only difference is I would say, I guess less like high ceiling games, but also just the potential to like score 50 points. (laughs) So it kind of evens out to like being at that Justin Jefferson level or that S tier level. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget how good Jamar chase is like the year before the season before last season, people probably were saying that Jamar chase is better than Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And, but he got into a, a little bit of trouble with his injuries. I believe it was a hip injury mid-season, but he still finished with over a 1,000 yards and over 80 receptions and still almost 10 touchdowns as well. Still finished as a wide receiver one despite only playing 12 games. Would not shock me at all if he is the overall wide receiver one this year. Yeah, me too. I mean, and plus definitely has the better quarterback. Maybe not one that, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, they are throwing the ball a lot, especially with the negative regression of Joe Mixon. You know, I think they're really going to be relying on their wide receiver core in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. So now that we are done with Jamar Chase, a guy that we, you know, all assumed is probably in the S tier. Here's our kind of surprise guy. Well, not really a surprise if you, are into fantasy football, but maybe a surprise coming off of a little bit of a disappointing year last year due to injury. And that's Cooper cup, Cooper cup before he got injured was doing what he did the season before last putting up 30 point games, easily target hog in that Sean McVay offense, seemingly the only wide receiver that Matt Stafford cares to throw to. And I know there's a little bit of a question mark with, if Matt Stafford will come back and be 100% healthy. Same thing with Cooper Cup. Not a severe injury, but he did have a pretty significant ankle injury towards the end of last season. But I really don't think that those are things to worry about if 
Matt Stafford's on the field and Cooper Cup's on the field. You know Cooper Cup is going to be gobbling up those targets, and he easily belongs in that S tier along with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And then there's kind of the guys that fall below them. But those are the three guys that have like real 30-point game upside that is just like seemingly easy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and real quick, you can go ahead over to Belly Up Fantasy Sports. You can check out my most recent article on the comeback of Cooper Cup. Even though he is turning 30 in nine days, his birthday is mm-hmm. June 15th, he needs to still be on the top of your radar, guys. If Justin Jefferson's off the board and Jamar Chase is off the board, Cooper Cup or maybe the one guy in the A tier that we're about to talk about next should probably be your next wide receivers that you're drafting. Um, The good news about Matt Stafford is he is throwing in OTAs. He has dealt with injuries his whole career. He seems to always be banged up, but he always were playing through them. Last year was a little bit different. He had two injuries, neck and elbow, I believe. But he's throwing in OTAs. Cup, he's healthy. They're going to be explosive this year that's the only guy it's the only offense that they have on that team besides like handing the ball off to cam Akers. so you can be sure that if stafford and cup are on the field if you draft cooper cup in the first round you're not going to be disappointed absolutely not he came out the gates last year scoring over 31 points for both week one and week two i think he had like two 16 point games And then, of course, the week that he got hurt, it was very early. He had like two. But out of the six seasons that Cooper Cup has been in the NFL, four out of those six seasons on week one, he's came out guns a-blazing, scoring more than 16 points, which is what you want out of your wide receiver one. So you will be super thrilled to draft Cooper Cup in the first round, guys. Don't draft scared. Don't draft scared. But, John, now we get to go into our A tier. And like you said, you could probably make an argument for this next wide receiver to be in our S tier. So tell us why this wide receiver is in the A tier and not the S tier. That's a good That's a good question. You, you could probably make an argument for the S tier. However, I believe that the Miami Dolphins offense, sometimes Tyreek Hill just, it's not a Tyreek Hill game. Although most mm-hmm. of the games are there were plenty of games last year where you're looking in the third quarter, fourth quarter, and Tyreek Hill looks like he's about to put up somewhat of a disappointing game for you, like something that you don't want out of a first or second round receiver. Last year, I believe he was a second round receiver. This year, yeah. he's certainly first round pick. His draft stock was very low compared to yeah. what it usually is last year. Everyone was worried about the whole him going to the Dolphins situation. Yep, exactly. And that's where we that's where we always go back. You got to understand talent trumps uh situation. Sit, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> talent tr- I got thrown off by saying trumps. I never say that. Um <laughs> yeah, that, talent beats position or situation, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so the, I think that was the big reason, but let's not forget Tyreek Hill is still Tyreek Hill. He's going to get wide open deep down the field. Tua does have an arm that that can reach someone like Tyreek Hill. So it's not an issue as long as two is healthy. Actually, that's not even really true. There were games in the middle of the season that Tua was not on the field and Tyreek Hill was still having explosive games. I would just say that there are some games where it might be a waddle game. It might be a game where like the Dolphins just cannot produce on offense because they're they're still the Miami Dolphins. I would not categorize them as like a winning franchise. They're going to have their disappointing games. So that's why Tyreek Hill is not in the S tier like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I mean, you are guaranteed 20 points and super high upside with those three receivers. For Tyreek Hill, you're definitely guaranteed a lot of like high ceiling games where he's scoring 30, 40 points in a game, but you're not guaranteed that he's going to score like 20 points. Yeah, I was just going through his numbers from last year, and he has quite a few games where, like you said, and even... Through like the third quarter, sometimes you'll see he only has seven points, but he'll end up with like 15. But that's not really what you want out of an S-tier wide receiver. And I think he does have more competition for targets than the S-tier wide receivers do. I know Jamar Chase has T. Higgins, but I would put Jalen Waddell a little above T. Higgins, which we'll talk about later. So... Moving on now, we got A.J. Brown, 
who everyone knew how good he was before he went to the Eagles, but finally in a offense that really tailored to how good he is, he took off. He finished as the wide receiver six in PPR and there's really no reason to think that he can't duplicate what he did last year. Now, what I will say about AJ Brown is he does seem to get banged up at some point every season. So that's why he doesn't really make it in the S tier, but you know, he's Jalen hurts top target and the Eagles offense hasn't changed much from last year. So just keep rolling with AJ Brown in the A tier. Yeah. And I think that another reason that he belongs in the A tier here, he he's definitely a borderline late first, early second redraft pick, but AJ Brown is consistently, I would say getting in like your 15 point range which is good, and he has a high ceiling to get you in the 30s, but it's not going to happen often. Last year, he scored 39 points. That was his ceiling. He scored 32 another week, but then you're seeing a lot of like 20s and 18s and 19s, which you're, you're not going to complain about. No. But, you know, his floor is like six points if the Eagles were going to make it a Devontae Smith game or if they were going to run the game or if they were to get shut down. So yeah. that's why he belongs in the A tier. And that's pretty much the theme of the A tier. They have similar upside to those S tier players. However, the floor is a lot lower and you're going to get more consistent, like 15 to 20 points as opposed to like 20 to 25. That's the tier break. Yeah. You could even be looking at maybe like 12 point games at some point if it doesn't mm-hmm. bounce the right way. Yep. And so Stefan Diggs, another guy in the A tier, he is going to be pretty much like your A.J. Brown, and he's going to be drafted around the same time in a redraft league as A.J. Brown, too. A lot of redrafts, a lot of mocks that I've been doing have Stefan Diggs going a couple picks before A.J. Brown by like a pick or two. I think it can go either way, depending on how you feel about the Bills offense versus the Eagles offense. I would say Stefan Diggs does have less competition. At, in terms of targets, I mean, a lot of people are getting scared of Dalton Kincaid, but I would not let that scare you for his rookie year. Not um, a tight end. Not a yeah, tight end. Exactly. And then also Josh Allen throws more and is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts is in regards to throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Stephon Diggs is, you know, although he's kind of getting up there in age, you know, he's still going to be an easy wide receiver one this season on an explosive offense in the Bills who haven't changed much from last season. It'll just be interesting to see if there's any, uh, I'll call it bitterness, left over from Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen from, I believe it was at the end of their playoff game when Diggs kind of blew up a little bit, you know, out of frustration and stuff. You know, I don't anticipate it to be a thing that much, but Stevon Diggs can sometimes be classified as a diva. So maybe oh, yeah. that's something to watch out for. But and I think I, a, lo- a lot of people are also going to have their like late season biased where like, like Stefan Diggs lost a lot of people, their, their yeah. playoff and, and championship hopes. Mm-hmm. So that might play into the drafting where AJ Brown, AJ Brown, how did he end the season last year? He, let's see, he ended 16, 20, 13, which you can't really get that. Or really, in terms of fantasy playoffs, it was 27, 16, 20. So you yeah. can, you would absolutely love that. So I can see like the the hype on A.J. Brown being much, much higher than Stefan Diggs. But I think Stefan Diggs is in a better fantasy position to, to give you points. Yeah, I personally would take Diggs over Brown by the slightest of margins just because I expect, I expect more volume to come Diggs' way. But moving on, a guy that had his, we knew he was good, but he had his real breakout year last year. He finished as the wide receiver five in PPR formats, plays mostly out of the slot, which is, we all know is extremely beneficial in PPR, and that is CeeDee Lamb. And he did that last year, basically with the Cowboys having no other (laughs) wide receivers on the team. Michael Gallup coming off of an injury wasn't himself. You know, I know they brought in Brandon Cooks, but he wasn't there last year. And there was really Noah Brown was like the wide receiver too last year. Yeah. So to, for him to do that well with them not having any other wide receivers and all the attention really being on him just shows how good CD Lamb is. And I expect him to be just as good 
if not better than last year. He had nine touchdowns last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up to like 10, 11, maybe even 12 with some attention being drawn in other areas of the field. So CD lamb has that PPR upside and he showed last year that he has the touchdown upside now. So again, easy a tier wide receiver for me. And personally, I think I'd, I don't know if I'd outside of Hill, CD lamb might be like my wide receiver four. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I think, I think I would go like probably like Stefan Diggs, CD lamb, AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. Yeah. Just because <laughs> like, like AJ Brown has the better quarterback, but CD lamb has less competition. Yeah. So I think that's why I would take CD lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb's a little more, they're both different receivers, but CeeDee Lamb's a little more versatile all over mm-hmm. the field as well. Whereas AJ Brown's more of a, you know, slant and go kind of guy or, and like a downfield threat. CeeDee Lamb plays all over the field, can do everything. Yeah. You know, not sliding AJ Brown at all, just personal preference. Yep. And then Devontae Adams does find himself into the A tier. Uh, it was a long conversation before we 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 finalized the tier list. Yeah, we're we are worried. All right, our eyes we're, at the eye test. We're, the we're eye worried. test is worried. Yeah, we're we're worried. All right, if if we need to have like a a buyer beware for Devonte Adams. In fact, yes. you can go over to our TikTok page and watch that TikTok. We've already made it. We're worried about his quarterback position. What's going on? We were okay. You know, everyone was a little scared when Devonte Adams moved away from Aaron Rodgers, but we were quickly proven wrong on that one. And that's okay. And we went into after the, the Derek Carr trade, we were like, that's okay. Devontae Adams still like a first round wide receiver. And, and he he probably is late first round, but like what's going on with Jimmy G Bob? Like we, he, there were rumors last week that he's, he's going to get cut, which I think that has been like busted. Like I think, I think Jimmy G is the quarterback, but the thing is, is will he be the quarterback for a full season? The answer is almost definitely no. Well, we also don't know if he's, I'm sure he will. I think the Raiders are confident that he will. So I'm inclined to be confident as well. He still has to pass a physical. He hasn't passed a physical yet. That's the thing. That's the thing. And they could still release him without any financial attachments. So, but I, that all aside, I expect him to be fine by week one, but like you said, he's probably not playing the full season and go, you could head over to our YouTube shorts or our TikTok to look at the video that I talked about this. They couldn't wait to trade Derek Carr. They let Jared Stidham walk in free agency. Brian Hoyer is their backup quarterback. If you think Brian Hoyer, when Jimmy G inevitably gets hurt, is going to sustain Devontae Adams elite fantasy value, you're mistaken because it's just probably not going to happen. And although Devontae Adams finds his way in the A tier, I think he easily could find his way in the B tier if things don't go the Raiders way this season. But he's here out of respect because we know what he can do and he's been doing it for multiple years. Exactly. Uh, You said it perfectly. So then let's uh, let's talk about let's round out the A tier here with the Amon Ross St. Brown. Rounding out the A tier with Amon Ross St. Brown. This is a guy that has been a PPR monster. Hasn't really shown the touchdown upside yet. He did have one more touchdown last year than he did the previous season. He had six. The year before that, he had five. So he's kind of ascending. I think he's going to take that CD Lamb step this year. I know there's a lot of competition in Detroit's offense, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Jamison Williams, eventually when he comes back, but he's still going to be Jared Goff's favorite target. He's still going to be hogging up targets. And if he could get a couple more touchdowns this year, you're talking about, you know, a top five wide receiver potentially. So I'm all in on Amon Ross St. Brown, and I think he is well-deserving of being in this A tier above some of these other guys that we're going to talk about in the B tier. Yeah, so that is a tier break there. So now we're probably looking at, I guess, like the end of the, probably beginning of the third round in your redraft leagues, maybe middle of the third round where we start to get like the Garrett Wilsons of the group. I'd say, I think... 
if all goes well for Garrett Wilson, I think I, I could definitely see some Garrett Wilson going in the late second, I think. Yeah. Because I, I think the hype is definitely going to be there with Aaron Rodgers coming to town. And although I'm maybe a little biased, the vibes around the Jets have been great, you know, and Aaron Rodgers seems truly committed to making this work. And Garrett Wilson is by far the best wide receiver on the Jets. So I think he could easily find his way into the second round and could find his way into the A tier come season's end if he performs as well as a lot of people think he's going to. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, what we can all agree on is like these receivers that we're about to list in the B tier are guys that you would be okay as your starting wide receiver in your fantasy league. If like there was an injury, you know, if you were to draft like a Justin Jefferson and then you got Garrett Wilson, like, you're doing okay in your wide receiver room if Garrett Wilson's yeah. still on your team. Oh my god! You know, I if like Justin Jefferson were to get hurt. So these guys in the B tier that we're about to list are guys that are capable of putting up wide receiver one numbers, but you're not going to see it as often. So we got Garrett Wilson. We also have Keenan Allen. Now, when healthy, Keenan Allen, absolute super stud. He's getting older. He still has a top tier quarterback, which is good on a top tier offense. However, we continue to see injuries, and there's an extra wide receiver in the wide receiver room. Granted, it's Quentin Johnson, and he's a rookie, but it's competition nonetheless. So Keenan Allen also finds himself here in the B tier. It's more so us we're predicting here. We can't just solely go off of the past. However, the past does play a pivotal role, i.e. Devontae Adams. We just feel like Devontae Adams can stay healthier, I guess, than Keenan Allen. That's the difference yeah. in the tear break. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you you know, I'm a big Keenan Allen guy. When oh, he's yeah, on every the, year. when he's on the field, he is a wide receiver one. But I think he gets knocked down into the B tier, obviously. He's older and the concern with injuries and stuff. But I'm just gonna go through his numbers real quick. Last season, he played 10 games last season. Ten. He ended with 66 receptions for 752 yards and four touchdowns and 89 targets in 10 games. That's crazy. That's so He's getting like six catches a game on nine targets or 10 targets, and he's getting like 100 or 70 yards a game. Yeah, and there's <laughs> a little it's, – it's insane how even though he's older, he's still going to be – you're assuming that he's going to stay healthy – at least for maybe he'll play like 15 games or 14 games this year. So you're talking about a real wide receiver one if he plays close to a full season, and I just don't think you could fade that. You know, you got to take the risk in the mid-third round or early fourth round on Keenan Allen. You absolutely have to. Would you reach on Keenan Allen? I would not reach on him, no. I wouldn't. I would not. You heard that, guys. Do not reach on Keenan Allen. Let him fall to you or grab him at his ADP. I would take him at his ADP again, which is pretty much what I did last year. But if you're talking like, you know, between Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, or Keenan Allen, I'm going with the guys that I know are more likely to stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. Well, you just said it, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver two on the Dolphins. That's the main reason why we're finding him in the B tier. Tyreek Hill is going to have more of the upside games than Jalen Waddle is. That's just it. However, Jalen Waddle, when it is a Jalen Waddle game, uh, when it's a Jalen Waddle game, <laughs> you are so happy that you drafted him in like the second or third round. So again, this is someone that you'd be okay with as your wide receiver one if things were to go wrong on your fantasy team, or if you were to draft like a tight end in the first round, like Travis Kelsey. That's that's what I mean by a tight end. <laughs> yeah. There's only one tight end you're drafting <laughs> yeah, in the right. first round. Make no mistakes about that. <laughs> so, but I'm on board with, I, you know, again, like you, you already said it, Jalen Waddle's a little, he's very efficient, but he's a little less consistent than Tyreek Hill is, which is what brings him in the B tier. But he's, all these guys that we've named so far have are pretty much wide receiver ones on their own team. Jalen Wild is the first wide receiver that we've named that is a wide receiver two on his own team. And I think he's the best of that group. You know, he's yeah. just as explosive as Tyreek Hill and he can do everything. So, but like you said, you're just not going to probably get as many upside games. And that's kind of 
the theme of the B tier or guys that are kind of ascending like Garrett Wilson potentially, but I like Jalen Waddle and I think, you know, he's going to have another big year, but going into keeping the theme on these wide receiver twos on their team, we now have Devonte Smith. And this is a guy that I was a little undecided on going into last year. I wasn't like, totally sold on him, but he completely proved me wrong. He finished as the wide receiver nine in PPR. And again, he has the potential to have a lot of wide receiver one weeks, but with AJ Brown there, AJ Brown's the clear cut wide receiver one. I think it's just going to take targets away from him along with the Eagles running the ball a lot and still probably sticking to that script. Most likely, Mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be a few games where Devontae Smith kind of just disappears and has like, you know, an eight point game, a nine point game. Again, maybe if you're draft Travis Kelsey, you get a really good running back in round two and you're happy taking Devontae Smith as your wide receiver one. It's not a bad deal, but I just don't know if I would want Devontae Smith to be my personal wide receiver one. On a yeah, and I, I agree with you. I mean, there were a lot of games where where he had dud games where it just like he was completely ignored in the offense. And that's you're going to get that with most Eagles players. Their offense is yeah. not consistent towards a specific player like the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey or or the Chargers with like Eckler or something like that. Devontae Smith, he had a uh, he has a floor of like four points. I mean, you don't want that in your first wide receiver that you draft. No. You just don't. You're ideally looking for something of a floor of like 10 points. Worst case scenario, you can get double digits out of your wide receiver one. And you only want that to happen one or two times throughout the course of the season. Devontae Smith scored less than 10 times. One, two, three, four, four times. But he finished the season very, very strong. He but did. again, did. I would not let that affect your drafting this year because because it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, nothing changed in that offense. It was just the fact that that's what was working for them. Yeah. So, that that given week. So, just Devontae Smith is a solid B guy, in my opinion. He's someone, again, if A.J. Brown were to get injured, Devontae oh Smith God. can shoot right into that oh role. That's God. why he belongs here. Yeah, he would, exactly. And he still is, obviously, we saw it last year, is still capable of having a wide receiver one season. But another guy that's capable of having a wide receiver one season if, say, his you know teammate got injured, and that's T. Higgins. T. Higgins is one of those guys, another wide receiver, too, who's kind of sometimes overshadowed by his superstar teammate in Jamar Chase. But T. Higgins was really good last year as well, he, but he had a couple injury issues, which I feel like T. Higgins always somehow manages to like get injured or get pulled from a game he early. Left, exactly. <laughs> he left the game like every week and every, like, Oh man, I, I don't want to really like try to own him, but yes, yeah, I no. watched someone go through that. It was rough. He is. I love T Higgins as a player and even as a fantasy producer for the most part, but he just has these times. Like I remember thinking to myself last year after that game where he got pulled early or he got hurt early. I'm just like, this guy's almost undraftable for me. Like, I just feel like he, he's good when he plays, but the upside isn't crazy. And I'm just done taking these risks with him getting hurt early and getting pulled early for weird reasons. But he still finished as the wide receiver 18 in PPR, despite all that. He's still in a high volume passing offense. And let's be honest, if he gets rid of those little, you know, whatever you want to call them, injury issues, then he could easily put up wide receiver one numbers as well. And that's why he's here. Mm -hmm. And he had a lot of games with double digit targets or near double digit targets. So he's still like a very common look from Joe Burrow every single play. I'd say he's kind of like Joe Burrow's security blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If Chase is being double teamed or something like that, look for mm-hmm. T Higgins. We got Amari Cooper up here. So he's he's the wide receiver one on the Browns. So he's going to be ending out our B tier. The reason that we're putting him at the B tier here, one, he he's better than the C tier players because I he he plays a lot of games in the season. So he's not getting banged up most of the time. Mm-hmm. He's I 
I wouldn't say even though there's competition, there's other there's other players to give the ball to. He's definitely like the first look on a passing play. Yeah. Okay. The other option is to hand off to Nick Chubb. And then also things didn't look too well when Deshaun Watson came back. In fact, most of the targets and fantasy points were going to Donovan Peoples-Jones. We're expecting that to change. Don't think that that's a theme here. They have a whole offseason together, which is why we find them in the B tier. Amari Cooper's not consistently hitting like top ceiling games. He does not belong in the A tier at all. He's mm-hmm. going to be your fourth or fifth round wide receiver in a redraft league, but he does belong in this group with Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith, and T Higgins, because they have similar ceilings. They're going to have their dud games, but overall he stays healthy. He's got an above average quarterback. At least that's what we're predicting for next year, which is why we find him in the B tier. Or at least I particularly think that Deshaun Watson, I don't know if he'll ever go back to what he was in Houston, but yeah, you got to assume that he's at least going to be a, I just find it so hard to believe that he can't be, you know, a top six to eight quarterback. You know, I just, the, and the, the, with the weapons as well. So Amari Cooper is, you know, always on the field, has a might potentially the best quarterback that he's played with in his career. We'll see how it goes. So I think this is a good year for Amari Cooper. But now we got the tier break. And we're going to start off our C tier with a guy that was a rookie last year, particularly impressed last year as well. And that's Chris Olave. Now, the reason he belongs in the C tier is because he just, in our opinion, he doesn't have the kind of upside that the other guys do, especially because he has more competition this year with Michael Thomas coming back from injury. Yes, Michael Thomas is still relevant. I know most people don't think so, but if he stays healthy, he's going to be getting targets and he's going to be taking them away from Chris Olave. Let's not forget Olave last year benefited a lot by Michael Thomas being out. But they also do get Derek Carr, which is improved, much improved over Andy Dalton. So if we're expecting a jump from Chris Olave from his rookie year to his sophomore year, then you have a guy that is probably going to be a mid-range wide receiver too, maybe a low-end wide receiver too. So, yeah, he's just he's looking good. We're expecting that kind of ascent from Olave, right, John? Yeah, for sure. I mean, his rookie season, 119 targets, 72 catches. I mean, I don't see that going down, getting a much better quarterback. So even though he's dealing with more competition in that offense, I think that he certainly passes the eye test, not only in our eyes, but in the New Orleans Saints eyes. They're going to draw up more plays now that he's more experienced in the league, and he's probably going to be more of like now that defenses have more film on him, they're probably going to be drawing up plays to attack him more. And the saints, the saints are aware of that. So they're probably going to be like really focusing in on Olave and how they can make him stand out this year. So yeah, I can see him being a top 20 wide receiver next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a safe bet. You know, I would even maybe say maybe like top 18, but The people that I think a lot of people confuse like dynasty and redraft, you know, Alave is a dynasty stud. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's a redraft stud yet. Maybe he'll prove me wrong this year, but I'm not ready to say that he's a B tier wide receiver just off of what he did last season. For sure. For sure. Now, Calvin Ridley also makes the C tier. Now, Bob, you can just, you know, you, I, have, you, know you I could want just have the floor. You know I want this. <laughs> <laughs> you know I want this. So, look, I'm going to keep it short and simple. People are, so, I can't. I'm like stumbling over You're my. You're about to start crying. Yeah, <laughs> I just love them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my dynasty wide receiver three, but I think people are over exaggerating, like how like his absence you know what i mean i think it'd be one thing if he was coming off like a catastrophic injury where he missed a lot of time but the guy got suspended for gambling i know he had the mental health issues also but 
let's not forget he wanted out of Atlanta before that. So it clearly wasn't a good situation all around. We're assuming that he's happy in Jacksonville. So, and I'm just going to give you the numbers from his last full season, which wasn't that long ago. So, and he's not a quarterback where he has to, you know, memorize a whole bunch of things. He basically is just out there running routes, you know, and I think the a wide receiver's job is much easier than a quarterback's job. I think we could all agree on that. So Calvin Ridley's last full season, he was the wide receiver five in PPR. He had 90 receptions, 1,374 yards, and nine touchdowns. And that was with prime Matt Ryan. And I think Trevor Lawrence is maybe not on prime Matt Ryan's level yet, but is certainly heading towards there. Mm-hmm. And I think he is going to jump Christian Kirk personally. And I think a lot of people are just overthinking this Calvin Ridley situation. Maybe he comes out of the gate slow a little bit, but I'm much higher on Calvin Ridley than a lot of people are. And I think come this time next year, we're going to be talking about Calvin Ridley, at least in the B tier. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. This guy, I think this guy won't be in the C tier next year. However, for this year, he is probably going to be scoring around the same points as these guys. That's Terry McLaurin. Again, he's Jahan Dotson is is gaining on Terry McLaurin. So if if mm. I were to pick a guy that I was wrong about in my projection, it's it's probably Terry McLaurin for this year. I mean, like last year, he scored over 20 points like one time, and it was late in the season. Uh, no, he he did it a couple times. He did it uh, one, two, two times, and it was all late in the season. So that whole first half, those first nine weeks, you're probably just begging to get rid of Terry McLaurin, oh, and no had, one is buying him. I drafted him too. I had him last year, but at least yeah. he was he was consistent at least, but absolutely zero ceiling games. Besides yeah. for a couple games. He reminds me of like a, a better version of Deontay Johnson, where like you're you're pretty much guaranteed ten points, but you'll have your fair share of your five point games, but you're not gonna get anything more than if than like your <laughs> ten to twelve, thirteen point games. If you're a Terry McLaurin owner, I've been a past Terry McLaurin owner, you know what the running joke is. It's that Terry McLaurin basically puts up zero points in the first half, and then he'll always find a way to get a deep ball or somehow find a way to have 10 points by the end of the game. But the first half, he pretty much does nothing. Yep, that's the benefit of being on the Commanders is you're most likely going to be down late in the game and they're going to be doing some Hail Marys. And you know what's nice? They don't have Carson Wentz as his quarterback anymore. So maybe that's a good thing for Terry. I will say, though, I do think if Sam Howell performs really well, that Terry McLaurin can solidify this tier. I don't think he'll make a jump into another tier, but he has the potential to be better than he was last year if Sam Howell can just somehow be better than Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Yeah. All right, and then up next we've got DK Metcalf. So he, I, I like him as one of like the top dogs in the C tier here. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably going to have more ceiling games than the the guys that we've mentioned in the C tier so far. However, he is dealing with still like, I mean, is Geno Smith going to be a top five quarterback again? We don't really know, or whatever he was, top seven. Geno Smith is a year older. And they brought in Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's the big one for me. I'm worried yeah. about DK's target share this year. So as much as I would like to put him in the B tier, and you could probably make an argument for that, we're projecting that he's going to fall into the C tier. We're going to see some negative regression out of DK Metcalf out there in Seattle because I'm I'm pretty high on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Are you? I like Jackson Smith and Jigba a lot. And I think, you know, piggybacking off what you said, it's going to be very hard to predict this Seattle offense. They might be the hardest offense to predict in fantasy this year. You know, obviously before the season starts, we'll know more once the season's underway. But DK Metcalf's numbers last year, 90 receptions, a little over a thousand yards and six touchdowns. I would bet the under on 90 receptions this season with the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett is still there as well. Maybe you could get the over on the touchdowns because 
there'll be more attention to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And six seems a little low. DK Metcalf had 12 and 10 in the previous two seasons before last season. So maybe you could get that and maybe it'll even out a little bit, but I would bet the under on the receptions. And I think that's why he falls into this C tier. You know, there's just too many mouths to feed. Yeah, for sure. And then what makes you think that DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be rounding out our C tier, why does he belong here? I think this is kind of like the Devontae Adams situation, more of a respect thing. And I think we all assume he's going to end up on a quality team with a quality quarterback. And DeAndre Hopkins was still pretty good last year when he, oh, was, yeah. on, when he was on the field and clearly didn't want to be in Arizona. So he's going to come out more motivated, I would hope, this season. He is getting up there in age, but just look at his track record. He's going to be he's always pretty good when he's on the field and wide receiver two numbers at the minimum are pretty much guaranteed when you have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So what if he gets picked up by the bills? What tier does DeAndre Hopkins move up to? Oh, wow. That's fun. That would be, that'd be really fun. I think it would be more B tier, right? I don't, I think I would, Oh God, putting me on the spot. Would I put him in the B tier? I think I would just yeah. based off of the landing spot, but I don't think I would reach on him. Oh, you know, everyone's reaching on him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> reach on him. Like, I think I would say he's in my B tier, but mentally he would still be in my C tier. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to do a break down to the D tier. Now we got five guys left to go over for you. The first guy in the D tier is going to be Christian Watson. Now he had a heck of a rookie season, but with Aaron Rodgers, And I would also argue that he had, um, inflated touchdown stats. I mean, what we're looking at for his touchdowns, I, I'm right off the bat. I mean, Watson was scoring touchdowns and it was like those multiple touchdown games, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown, and then that's it. So like he had his big boom. All right. You're looking at a rookie wide receiver and you see seven touchdowns. You're freaking out, but you're also not realizing that that happened in a one month span in the middle of the season where fantasy football doesn't really matter. I mean, you're getting like just about getting into the playoff season. It it was one game where he scored three touchdowns and that got him to 33 points. I can name a lot of other wide receivers where if they had a three touchdown game, you're looking at like a 40 or 50 yard uh, 40 or 50 point game. So Christian Watson has not proven to me that he's a PPR machine, which is really what we're looking for when you want to be a top tier wide receiver. Yeah, touchdowns are great. In fact, you could even argue that they're more important. But when I'm seeing someone who has six catches at most and that gets you 10 fantasy points. <laughs> That's a little alarming. And now you just take away the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not his quarterback and you've got Jordan Love making his first time being a starter. It's it's not convincing to throw Christian Watson anything higher than a D tier. And I honestly think we're being nice. I think we are being nice. I'm not as high on Christian Watson as other people are, but I do think the potential is there. And I do think he slides in as the Packers wide receiver one to start the season. There's not that much competition there either. He did show a little. Yeah, bit they all went to New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Packers now. Yeah. <laughs> but he did show a little bit of chemistry with Jordan Love when Jordan Love played last year. I know he got a long touchdown. I'm pretty sure it was against the Eagles. But yeah, again, like you said, I'm not completely sold on him, but he's the wide receiver one on his own team. And he did show enough potential last year to where I think he is justified in being in this D tier. But we're not saying that he's a shoe in wide receiver two or anything like that. Right. Yeah. This guy needs to fall to you in like the sixth or seventh round. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Another guy that you can let fall to you. And and honestly, I, I would draft him happily, but there are some worries about his quarterback because it's it's Baker Mayfield. So Chris Godwin finds himself in the D tier here. He was a PPR machine last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was, dude. And I dude, I know. Hundred and four catches. He played he played 15 games and had 104 catches. 
His classics, his classic stat line last year, because the Bucks offense was a complete mess, even with Tom Brady being there. His classic stat line was like seven receptions for like fifty-three yards. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. And guess what? That almost makes me think that Baker Mayfield can do the exact same thing. It's just the thing is, is like Tom Brady releases the ball so much faster than yeah. Baker Mayfield does. So we're gonna notice probably. I would take the under in receptions for Chris Godwin. Definitely, it's not going to be a 100 reception year for Chris Godwin. However, if he stays healthy and if Mike Evans does not, I really like the Chris Godwin value. I I do like the Chris Godwin value as well because I think he's going to fall a lot because of the Baker Mayfield situation. Yeah. Like you said, Baker Mayfield has basically never really supported a wide receiver one well. We remember when he had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, and they both really didn't do that well. So I'm pretty much throwing out all of Chris Godwin's past stats and just looking forward on his situation now. And I don't expect too much from him, but I would gladly take him if there is a lot of value to be had there. You know, he's over my guy like Mike Evans, at least, you know, Baker Mayfield's not throwing the ball downfield that well. I'll take the gamble on the PPR guy. Christian Kirk is up next, Bobby. We've got some competition over there in Jacksonville, but Christian Kirk, big PPR guy last year, which I think, again, this is kind of like out of respect here. We know Christian Kirk can have those reception games, so he makes it into the D tier. Yeah, I think I, again, obviously you could see from our tiers that we're expecting Calvin Ridley to dethrone Christian Kirk as Jacksonville's wide receiver one, but I don't think it's going to be by much. Christian Kirk showed he can be a wide receiver one last year, finished as the wide receiver 11 in PPR and standard leagues. And we're assuming that Trevor Lawrence is going to take another step forward this year. Jacksonville's still going to be throwing the ball a lot. And those targets got to go somewhere. They're going to go to Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk is next in line. Those two guys are going to be the main guys. I think Evan Ingram also will be, but Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are going to be soaking up targets in Jacksonville's offense. And maybe Christian Kirk doesn't finish as a wide receiver one again, but wide receiver two finish, I think is definitely within reach given the amount of times we know Jacksonville is going to throw the ball. Totally. Totally. And then also we've got Hollywood Brown here in the D tier. Now, if Kyler Murray was his quarterback, Bob, you think that he would be a candidate for the C tier? Yes, I absolutely would have Marquise Brown in the C tier if Kyler Murray wasn't injured. When DeAndre Hopkins wasn't playing last season, I'll just give you his fantasy points per game. Yeah, you he know, was good. He was very good and very surprising, too. He was a great value last year before he got hurt. You know, 14, 12, 28, 20, 21, first five weeks of the season. Obviously, Kyler Murray was playing. He's injured now. But I think he could. He still belongs in this D tier because he is the wide receiver one on a really bad Cardinals team. We think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, so they're going to be down a lot, which means, obviously, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And... I know there's Rondell Moore, but Rondell Moore is pretty much irrelevant in my eyes. So there's only one guy that's going to be soaking up targets in that offense, and it's Hollywood Brown. Yep. And then we got one more guy for your 2023 wide receiver tiers. It's Traylon Burks. He's the only wide receiver on the Titans offense right now that's going to be getting the ball. It's basically him and Derrick Henry for now. And then you still have a veteran in Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback and he has proven that he can continue to throw the ball it's not like he's going to be vulturing rushing touchdowns or anything like that like you see on some other teams Traylon Burks is going to get some volume this year and if Tannehill is not in the mix and they got to rely on Will Levis Will Levis has an arm to do so yeah I Actually, the reason why I like Traylon Burks in this D tier is I think the Titans are going to be better than a lot of people think. They mm. Their division isn't that strong, aside from Jacksonville. Do you have, you know, who knows what the Colts are going to be with Anthony Richardson as quarterback. The Texans are going to be, we all expect to be pretty bad, even with C.J. Stroud at quarterback. So 
I think the Titans are going are set up to be better than a lot of people expect. They're still going to give De- Derrick Henry the ball a lot, but Traylon Burks is the clear-cut wide receiver one on that team. And what other guy is going to get targets? You know, maybe Chig, the tight end, will. But Traylon Burks, I think, is going to break out this season. I don't think... I'm not saying like wide receiver one numbers or anything like that, but mid-range wide receiver two numbers to low-end wide receiver two numbers are not out of the question at all in my mind. Well, there's always one guy who surprises us, and it could be Traylon Burks. Go ahead and comment down below who you think the big surprises of 2023. Who is that wide receiver that's going to be valued so low on your mock drafts and he just finishes so, so high Maybe he is the wide receiver one. Who's going to be, who was it last year? I guess it was like, I guess it was Devontae Smith or Garrett Wilson. I'd say, I'd say Devontae or or Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, there's going to be some surprises. I'm very excited to see it. You can head on over to our TikTok pages, our Instagram, watch some short content on the tiers that we've done. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to our channel. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers, and then we're off to 1,000. Yep. Yep. One step at a time. Yep. We're one step at a time and one day at a time. As we get closer to mock draft season, we're so close, two months away. Really, we're really like one and we're like six weeks away from mock draft season. And then we are like in fantasy football season. I cannot wait. Dude, once we get back from Texas, we're pretty much in it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. That's going to be great. Yeah, the iTest gang is getting all together on a Texas trip mid-July. Finally, finally. First in-person meeting for the iTest. Yeah, we've never met. Almost a year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thanks again for watching. This was the 2023 Wide Receiver Tiers. You can go back to our channel, watch the 2023 Running Back Tiers on our YouTube page. Thanks again for watching, guys. We will see you next week. Peace. See you, Paul. Happy birthday, Maddie. <laughs>